cigar? I do. That's why I love my Patriot cigars. These are the highest quality long-leaf Nicaraguan tobacco cigars, and believe me, the price is right. So go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE for 25% off. Free shipping on orders over $100. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE. Premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome to today's interview on Brighton.com. I'm Mike Adams, and our guest today is Roger Stone, who probably needs no introduction. I think one of the most amazing leaders of the political freedom movement here for America First and Roger Stone, uh, sir, I really honor your work. Welcome to the show today. Great to be with you, Mike. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's, it's great to have you on, you know, and, and this is one of the few places where you get to defend yourself against all the horrendous <laughs> accusations and fakery that's been leveled against you. And one of the most recent things was that somebody came up with a, uh, what appears to be an AI-generated audio that mimics your voice and was put out there claiming that you were calling to... to murder somebody well uh i was able because i work in ai i was able to generate my ai voice saying the same thing that you said even though i never said that either so we were able to prove that's ai what are your thoughts yeah this is a, the ai is now going to be the next tool of the radical left it's going to be used in politics all the time to defame people in this particular case uh, a not very credible left-wing website mediaite which is owned by one of the former talking heads at MSNBC, Dan Abrams, published what they said was a four-year-old snippet of an audio uh, in which it is alleged that I plotted to murder two Democratic congressmen. Uh, first of all, it was given to them anonymously, so we are supposed to believe who, where was taken, who I was talking to. There's no verification of any of that. And then... I immediately sent the audio itself out for forensic analysis using the best two uh, up-to-date uh, software programs, and one of them showed me there was a 96.0% chance of likelihood that it was fraudulently generated. The other one was 92.8. Uh, I never said the words attributed to me. The ambient restaurant background noise, uh, which makes the AI in. harder to detect, yeah. that was dropped in after the fact. Uh, it's a fraud, but what's outrageous, Mike, is the way MSNBC, CNN, The Washington Post, uh, Bill Maher, Rolling Stone, all the usual suspects, the jackals of the fake news media, jump on it immediately, report it as if it's factual, never even include my denial, never mind the fact that I produced the evidence that it was a fraud. Uh, and, of course, the Democrats are demanding yet another investigation, the Capitol Hill Police, the FBI. Let me be clear. There's nothing to investigate. I never said those words. The woman who wrote this story, a woman, Diane Falzone, in Italian, Falzone means fake, false. That's what it means. Is that a pseudonym for her, you think, then? No, that, what are you I, saying? that's definitely her real name. You can oh. see her on Instagram. She's an unmarried mother of two. Seems to spend a lot of time uh, on the nightclub circuit, uh, but uh, it's kind of ironic that that's her real name, and it really does mean false because uh, I'm, as you know, half Sicilian myself. All right, so let me educate the audience in case they're not aware of this. But any person who has done any amount of interviews, and you've done thousands of hours over many years of your career, and or like I have as well, or Alex Jones, for example. It's easy to find voice samples of those people, even Donald Trump, right? And it's easy to take those voice samples to cloud-based AI services such as Eleven Labs, for example, and you simply upload the voice samples, and then you can type in any text you want, 
and it will have that voice say those words and it'll do variations. So you could try like 50 variations and get the one that you like the best and use that one. And they sound almost perfect, right? Yep. So at this point, anybody can sort of make you say anything they want and then hand it over to Mediaite or MSNBC or whatever and claim this is Roger Stone. Precisely. In fact, what? right now, yeah. ironically, somebody made a recording of Joe Biden that was used in a robocall to New Hampshire right. households telling people not to vote in the Democratic primary. Also, I noticed that the estate, uh, the family of George Carlin, the late comedian, is suing two guys because they put up an audio of an hour-long uh, stand-up comedy routine by George Carlin that is not George Carlin. So um, this is going to be the next wave. Get used to this. There's going to be more and more of it. But this is uh, what New York we would call a fagazi. It's a fraud. And once again, Mike, Roger Stone, well, I did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I want to give out your website, by the way. StoneZone.com is where people can find all your videos, your uh, shows, Rumble Channel. Uh, what, what all do you have on your website? Give us a quick overview. There's a lot going on there. First of all, I do a daily show at Rumble uh, called uh, The Stone Zone, uh, which I post there. You can also go to rumble.com slash Roger Stone. I do uh, a weekly uh, radio show, WABC, in New York from 4 to 6 on Sundays. It's literally the most powerful AM radio station in the United States. Uh, you can listen to that at wabcradio.com. It's also uh, streaming worldwide. Uh, I write uh, also print journalism there. Uh, today I posted my mother's uh, meatball recipe, old family recipe, because I had mentioned it on the radio had so many requests for it. <laughs> That's great. Um, and, and you can you can also go to the the store. I have Stone's Rules, uh, my uh, rules for life. This is kind of like Sun Tzu's The Art of War or Machiavelli's The Princes. Everything I've learned in a 45-year career in the public arena has a great uh, introduction by my friend Tucker Carlson, uh, my book on the Kennedy assassination, the man who killed Kennedy, the case against LBJ, uh, all my products there available uh, at the Stone Zone store. So folks uh, should check it out. All right. Stonezone.com. That's a website, folks. So, Roger, let's go back to the AI-generated uh, voice snippet because it seems like if any media outlet were acting responsibly at this point, knowing that the state-of-the-art of AI voice generation is very advanced, that they would have to now suspect any any audio snippet of being AI generated, and they would have to be able to confirm the actual source, the location, time, and date of the recording. And they would have to have a recording forensically analyzed to confirm that it is not AI. And yet, from what you're telling me, none of the media outlets went through any of those steps whatsoever, correct? Correct. So they just, they do no due diligence at all. Actually, to analyze such uh, an audio, if it were real, you would need the original device on which it was recorded and you would need the original audio itself. This has been compressed. Both of the of the technicians who examined this for me told me it has been substantially uh, uh, compressed. Uh, as you correctly point out, if I have a 10 second snippet of your voice and I spend any time kind of studying your the cadences of the way you speak, it's very, very simple. And it's inexpensive to create an audio that people would listen to and they would absolutely swear that was Mike Adams when yes. it wasn't Mike Adams at all. So, look, I've been through a lot of witch hunts. This is the latest witch hunt. Uh, and, of course, the two congressmen that I am falsely accused of plotting the murder of, Jerry Nadler and, and Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell, the, the Chinese communist compromised congressman uh, from California, uh, they, of course, pound the desk and whine about this when there's really nothing to whine about. I'm not a fan of either one of them, but it, this doesn't even make sense. This, by the way, allegedly happened in October of 2020, but why would we believe that? They provide no documentation of that either. And it is alleged that I was talking to a friend of mine, former New York City police officer, Salvatore Greco. He has no memory of this. He has a pending lawsuit, civil lawsuit, against the city of New York because they terminated him after 14 years of distinguished service, unblemished service as a New York City police officer, often assigned to some of the most dangerous precincts 
in the in the city for the graveyard shift, uh, they just arbitrarily fired him simply because he's a friend of mine. So right. there's a, there's a regulation uh, for New York City police officers that says an officer cannot fraternize with anybody who in the past may have or may reasonably be suspected of in the future uh, c- uh, being involved in criminal activity. Well, that would be Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City. He was a New York City police officer. He was a captain. Uh, he admits having spent time with the convicted felon Al Sharpton, with the convicted felon Mike Tyson, with the convicted felon Louis Farrakhan. He was charged, uh, Mike, under the exact same rule as my friend Greco, uh, and they uh, docked his vacation time five days. That was his punishment. <laughs> right. It's all Greco selectively enforced. Pension, lost his livelihood, uh, doesn't have a good conduct letter, so he can't get a, a job as a police officer in any other jurisdiction. Uh, he's suing the city of New York. That lawsuit has survived two motions to dismiss uh, by the city. Uh, it's going forward to trial now. Uh, the investigation against him uh, is a uh, total fraud. It is interesting in one sense, though, because... Uh, because he was med- with me on January 5th and 6th, although we never left our hotel suite, we did have contact with a one particular member of the Oath Keepers, uh, and that guy testified in his administrative trial that, no, Roger Stone had no knowledge of what the Oath Keepers were up to on the 6th, wasn't involved, uh, and knew nothing about it. So that's on the record and under oath, uh, kind of convenient, actually. Yeah, well, it's it's clear to all of America now that uh, J6 was a deep state trap. Uh, it, but in fact, I, I want to ask you now, America misses Donald J. Trump as president now more than ever. It's becoming more and more apparent, apparent with each passing day. Uh, Joe Biden, you know, an Alzheimer's patient, apparently, or a, a walking cognitive zombie, can't function and has no morality no rule of law. I mean, just just one of the worst presidents in the history of this republic. Uh, people miss Donald J. Trump. And now, look, I, I, I've criticized Trump on a few issues. Uh, we're never going to have the, the super perfect candidate. But I've also recently said it's clear that Trump is our only legitimate option now to save this country from total destruction. How what are your thoughts on? I, I, I yes. totally agree with that. Look, first, of course, he's not perfect. No one is perfect. Only only he is perfect. But Without any question, you had unprecedented peace and prosperity That's right. uh, when he was president. He didn't start any new wars. He did bring our troops home in large numbers from the Middle East without having the countries they were serving in collapse around behind them, uh, unlike Joe Biden. Uh, we had unprecedented economic growth. We had, we had unprecedented job creation, unprecedented wage growth, uh, unprecedented uh, 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 amount of money coming back in the country to be invested here uh, and to create jobs here. Uh, we had uh, scores of conservatives appointed to the federal bench. Uh, we had the rebuilding of our military strength, which had been allowed to atrophy. But most importantly, I think in the foreign policy realm, uh, Trump took advantage of his uh, noted unpredictability. Vladimir Putin would never have invaded Ukraine because he didn't know what Trump would do. Trump told him he would hit him, and he hit him hard. I'll hit Moscow, he said. Well, Putin didn't know whether to believe him or not, and therefore he wasn't going to take a chance. The same was also true of, of, of uh, Premier Xi. He told Xi directly, you move in Taiwan, I move on you. She said, you will not do that. Trump said, don't try me, pal. Uh, Trump's a tough New Yorker, and he, you, know, you come from the world of Manhattan real estate, that's as cutthroat as it gets. <laughs> True. I mean, I, look, I've said this before. I worked for Richard Nixon. He was a very tough guy. He clawed his way back from political obscurity to uh, to the greatest political comeback in American history. I worked for Senator Bob Dole. Bob Dole is an American hero. He was hit by German, uh, pardon me, by uh, Italian machine gun fire in World War II hit by a shell as well, was told you'll never walk again, you'll never have the use of your limbs again, you'll never feed yourself again. He fought his way back to, uh, you know, to total functionality, was a great U.S. senator, would have been a great president. Those guys were really tough guys. Neither one of them is nearly as tough uh, as Donald Trump. You don't want to be on the other side of him in a negotiation. That's the guy I want guarding my tax dollars. That's the guy I want running my foreign policy. Absolutely. I mean, the current foreign policy under the Biden administration is a total disaster. There's no plan. There's no competence. 
there's not even any understanding of history or what America's strengths are. So I completely agree with you on that. But given that the popularity of Trump is surging back in the minds of people who might have been sort of on the bench before, you know, they're walking away from the Democrat Party. Uh, and also the invasion of America by illegals is really disrupting a lot of these blue cities. You're seeing a lot of people who are Democrats saying we need Trump here. Otherwise, we're going to lose our country. How desperate are the Democrats looking right now in terms of wanting to stop Trump because of his rising popularity? I think they're increasingly hysterical. Uh, I think that they I think that they are uh, there. They, they really can't believe that this tsunami of lawfare, these totally patched together, fabricated charges against Trump, first of all, pertaining to his handling of of uh, of confidential documents, uh, his questioning of the outcome of the election, which, of course, he has an absolute First Amendment right to do uh, this idea that he knew he lost. Uh, but he tried to cling to power. Well, try proving that he knew he lost. That's the legal term there is uh, mens rea. You have to prove Trump's state of mind. Only Trump knows what Trump's state of mind is. Now, those who would prosecute him say, well, but the FBI director told him he lost. Yes, so what? It doesn't matter what the FBI director told him right. or the director of Homeland Security or the attorney general. It only matters what he believed. Those guys have proven themselves to be bad actors anyway. So just because they said something was true doesn't mean Trump believed it was true. So they have, I think, inadvertently, Mike, they have turbocharged his campaign. Uh, he is stronger today than he's ever been at any point since he entered politics. Uh, and it has also allows him to raise the money necessary to run because his donors are small and medium-sized donors who give repeatedly. They're not, he'll never be the toast of Wall Street. He'll never be the toast of the millionaires or the billionaires. That's not his America. His America is a small businessman and woman uh, who recognizes the existential threat to the country. Uh, and uh, just to watching the Democrats desperately trying to jujitsu this border uh, issue, let's be very clear. Open borders is the policy of Joe Biden. He and his administration are responsible for the migrant invasion that we are experiencing. Uh, and passage of this bipartisan Schumer-Lankford border security bill would change absolutely nothing. It allows $1.8 million a million illegals to continue to enter the country per year, and it provides the funding to process them. It, it changes nothing. So this idea uh, that uh, Trump is opposing the bill because he wants the situation in the border to continue so he can run on it, passing this bill would not solve anything whatsoever. Uh, and Joe Biden goes from two weeks ago saying, or his Secretary of Homeland Security and his press spokeswoman saying, oh, the, the border is secure, the border is secure. And now suddenly he says, well, the border is not secure, but the Republicans won't give me the tools to close it. Let's be very clear. <laughs> The law today just simply needs to be enforced. We don't need a new law. We actually don't even need any new funding. Just give the border patrol the correct uh, orders, not to stand down, but to enforce the law. And Donald Trump proved uh, that our border can be secure. Illegal crossings under Donald Trump had trickled down to almost nothing. Yeah, and, and by the way, that Senate deal that has... I. I, I think it's been abandoned at this point, even in the Senate. They're, they're backing away from it. Mitch McConnell's backing away from it. And in the House, uh, Representative Scalise and uh, even Speaker Johnson, I said, uh, they, they said was going to be dead on arrival in the House. But you, you, you make a, a really critical point there, which is that Biden wants unlimited illegal immigration. And that deal would have provided border funding for Ukraine and border protection funding for Israel, but no real solution to the border problem in the USA. And it's infuriating to the American people under, under Biden right now that taxpayer dollars will protect the borders of every other country in the world, but not our own. Yeah, so if you look at the bill, what it really is, is it's a Ukrainian war funding bill, right. $60 billion to continue to fund the losing war in Ukraine, where Ukraine is getting the crap kicked out of them. Uh, that's not what the US media reports, but that's the reality 
from every military expert that I know and respect who looks at the situation, General Flynn uh, and others. Uh, and then uh, secondarily, uh, a huge amount of money for Israel. Now, we give Israel, we already give them, I think, $1.6 billion a year. It's very hard for me to realize or even imagine what more they could possibly need. Uh, but what's even more disturbing, Mike, is the double game that Joe Biden is playing in the Middle East. I mean, we're funding Iran to the tune of $100 billion a year, and they in turn are funding Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, and the Biden State Department uh, has basically been infiltrated. This fellow Robert Malley and those who work for him, this is the biggest spy scandal since Alger Hiss. Uh, his, they recently suspended his security clearance, but they don't tell us why. Uh, as I said on my ABC radio show this past weekend, uh, I have sources now, double sourced, uh, one in Israel, one in the United States with contacts in Iran, who told me that Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, uh, gave the Iranians the heads up regarding these recent bombing raids in Syria and Iraq, uh, passing the message through the Qataris so that Iran would move its uh, its top military personnel and other leaders out of harm's way. Well, I, I knew that happened, but I didn't know that. that was Sullivan. That's a that's that's a huge deal. There's no question about it. I, I, my sources who are very good, one of them is in the U.S. Senate. The other one uh, is in Israel. Tell me that Jake Sullivan, the current national security advisor, who, based on his involvement in the Russian collusion hoax, ought to be in jail, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, they pay no penalty for breaking the law uh, at all. Uh, let the let the Iranians know that the, these bombing raids were coming. So the raids are designed to make Joe Biden look tough in the United States in preparation for a re-election campaign. Meanwhile, our, our traditional ally, Israel, is told what they can do, when they can do, and so on. We're on both sides of the war. We're funding both sides of the war. Yeah. We're trying to control the, the strategy. Uh, we're giving the Iranians a free hand. Why would anyone believe that the $100 million you're giving to Hamas is only going to be used for humanitarian purposes? Because Hamas said so? Why would we believe them? Uh, why would you believe that none of the $100 billion in assets that we're just unfreezing for the Iranians are not going to make their way to Hamas and Hezbollah. Of course they are. Uh, that portion which is not being used to fund the development of uh, their nuclear devices. Trump said this past weekend that he believes, based on uh, his knowledge and his own sources, that Iran is 60 days away from having a nuclear bomb. Let's, That's let's, going to change everything. Let's talk about that for a second, because uh, we all remember that under Obama— uh, Obama flew cargo planes full of pallets of laundered cash to give it to Iran. And Obama's nuclear deal with Iran, which the corporate media dishonestly described as halting uh, Iran's nuclear development program, actually encouraged their program and at the same time provided more funding for their program. So as you know, Roger, I mean, this, this spans many, many years of the United States of America, again, under Obama, but even now continuing, according to what you're saying, under Sullivan, enabling Iran while funding Israel, funding both sides of this conflict, probably heading towards nuclear war in the Middle East. That, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, first of all, uh, in all honesty, the Iranians promised that they weren't using this money for the development of a bomb. But once again, why would we believe them? Trump ran openly saying, look, I'm going to nix this deal as soon as I get in. And he did. And the truth is, he really had his foot on Iran's throat. I mean, because of the embargoes against them, they couldn't sell their oil. And therefore, they didn't have the cash either to continue their nuclear developments weapons system program or the money to fund these terrorists. Now, thanks to Uncle Joe Biden, they have the money for both. And uh, we're basically, uh, you know, we're basically funding that program. Now, more importantly, during the Trump presidency, John Kerry is actively conducting his own foreign policy, promising the Iranians that he's going to get their nuclear weapons deal re-upped. He's in violation of the Logan Act. You can't That's go right. out and run your personal private uh, uh, foreign policy, no matter how wealthy you are. Why hasn't this guy been prosecuted? Uh, it, it's really outrageous. But that's exactly what's happened. And 
the Iranians uh, and the uh, the radical those in radical Islam. This is very different than say uh, Nazi Germany or Imperial Japan or even communist Russia. Those people wanted to live. These people don't care whether they live or die. They just want to destroy America. And if they have to destroy themselves in the process of doing so, they don't have a problem with that. Yeah, and it's I'm also struck by the way that the the U.S. leaders use U.S. soldiers as drone bait so that they put U.S. soldiers out there in Jordan and in Syria, knowing they're going to be struck so that people like Senator Lindsey Graham can demand bombing Iran. I mean, the, the exploitation of American lives so that they can push their narratives is, is very disturbing to me as well. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think you're absolutely right. It's my understanding that we have approximately 3,000 troops along the northern border, uh, uh, along with the Kurds. Why do we have any troops in the region? Why do we have troops there? It makes no sense at all. The bombing raids that we just conducted uh, on uh, in Syria and Iraq, we, threw, we flew two B-1 bombers from Texas. They had to stop and refuel on the way. Are there no American bombers in anywhere in the in the our bases in the Middle East? Uh, we have bases there. Are there no American bombers anywhere in the European theater that could have gotten there more efficiently? So you're exactly right. This is all being staged to let Joe Biden look tough. Uh, and uh, th these bombing raids, I think, were largely ineffective because we tipped them off in advance. We did no damage to those that were trying to hit. This is all kabuki theater for the for the for the benefit of American voters. No. I don't think I don't think there's any support for World War Three. We are we're on the cusp of World War Three, both here uh, and in the Ukrainian Russia uh, uh, conflict. Uh, and Joe Biden seems to be recklessly driving towards it. He reminds me of Slim Pickens riding the bomb <laughs> at the end of Dr. Strangelove and laughing as the world hangs in the balance. You know, this reminds me of the Clinton years, too. Every time there would be breaking news about Monica Lewinsky, uh, Clinton would order the bombing of some factories in Sudan or somewhere like that, you know, to try to just take the headlines away from the other news. But that wasn't a day when the media would actually carry some news that was critical of a Democrat. Those days are long gone. In fact, I want to ask you, Roger, you've seen all the shenanigans that the Democrats will come up with. I mean, the, the Democrat establishment is the most horrendously dishonest, evil, insidious, lawless group of people that you could possibly imagine on this planet. They've done things to you that are unimaginable. What do you think they're willing to do to stop Trump or to stop this upcoming election? Well, first of all, I think it's very important to kind of recognize their messaging because uh, consistent with Alinsky's rules, anything they accuse us of doing is exactly what they're doing. So Trump is a danger to democracy. That's what they say. They're the ones trying to lock up the leading candidate for president of the opposition party based on trumped up charges. They're the ones trying to keep his name off of the ballot. What could be more anti-democratic than that. Right. They're the ones who have the intelligence agencies and the Department of Homeland Security working with social media outlets to uh, cancel uh, and censor anybody who adheres uh, or espouses a narrative that's contrary to theirs. What could be more anti-democratic than that? They are the ones using the 702 uh, database to illegally collect information on Americans and to conduct illegal warrantless surveillances on 178,000 Americans. What could be more anti-democratic than that? Uh, we are, there's been, as far as I know, the Congress has not, uh, has not approved a declaration of war. When Richard Nixon was impeached, one of the counts against him was the bombing in Cambodia without congressional approval. Has Congress approved these bombings by Joe Biden in Iraq and nope. Syria? No, they haven't. That's an, actually an impeachable offense. If we're going to war, then the Congress needs to declare war. So these are things that are happening now. But my question is, what else do you think they're going to add to the stack of malfeasance that they're carrying out to try to stop Trump? Uh, look, I think the possibilities are endless. We could, for example, uh, have yet another pandemic 
which is used as an excuse to change the procedures for voting. We could have some false flag uh, staged incident that's made to look like a, uh, a terrorist attack on American soil that can then be uh, used to justify, as they did in 911, uh, the launching uh, of yet another war. We could have war with Russia. That one seems pretty obvious to me. Uh, and then, you know, we resort to the War Powers Act and try to use it as an excuse to change or delay uh, the elections. Uh, God forbid we could have uh, an assassination attempt uh, on Donald Trump. I don't like to talk about that because I don't want it to wish it into being. In fact, it's something I pray about every single day is the safety, his safety and security, the safety and security of his family. I wrote a book on this, uh, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. There is no question that the deep state or the military industrial complex or whatever you want to call them, they very definitely are deeply involved in the murder of John F. Kennedy. So yes. if they killed one president, if they removed a second president, Richard Nixon, in a silent coup, because the Watergate break-in is, as we now know from declassified documents, was a CIA operation. If they attempted to kill Ronald Reagan, that's my next book, by the way, because with the report on the attempted assassination of Reagan has never been released. Uh, we know that John Hinckley Jr., who was, uh, who was convicted of his attempted assassination, is always in front of him shooting from a crouching position upwards, but Reagan was hit from behind and above. And the four shots fired by Hinckley are all accounted for. Uh, there's another shooter. There's evidence of that. Uh, that's a yet another Central Intelligence Agency operation. Then when that failed, they tried to remove Reagan uh, over the Iran-Contra deal, which I don't think he had any idea with the deep state operatives, including George H.W. Bush, were up to there. Uh, and then, of course, the same people who tried to remove Trump in the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. There was no Russian collusion. There was no Russian collusion for me to lie about when I voluntarily testified before Congress. Uh, and, of course, the two phony Ukrainian impeachments. The second one designed to cover up Joe Biden's crimes by yes. accusing Trump of doing precisely that which Joe Biden himself had done. So uh, these people are capable of absolutely anything, uh, and they get more uh, apoplectic uh, and more hysterical as their grip on power slips. Uh, they've also, as you know, Mike, they've, with uh, Elon Musk uh, buying uh, Twitter, uh, converting it to X, and turning over the files and and for the first time uncanceling people like me and Alex Jones and others, they're losing their grip on the narrative. And that really drives them crazy. So well, they may have a tight control on Facebook today. They do on, on Instagram and on YouTube. And Google could be the leading bad actor out there. Um, they're still losing their grip on the narrative. And this makes them even more hysterical because mm -hmm. people like you and I, we're not even allowed to to offer a different explanation of what's going on. That's whether it's health freedom and it's in the medical area or whether it's what's going on in our foreign policy or what's going on in Washington. If you don't adhere to their approved narrative, well, you're a dangerous radical who must be silenced. <laughs> well, well, right. And this brings me to a, a question I really want to ask you about what Trump will do when he returns in his third term because he did win the last election as well. This would be his third victory, but I guess his, uh, his second uh, official term. But as, as you're probably aware, in, in, in his first term, I think he made a lot of very bad decisions in trusting people around him, like uh, A.G. Jeff Sessions, for example, who really betrayed Trump and betrayed America, in my opinion, and then later on Bill Barr and so on, and, and even allowing uh, Comey to run the FBI and so on. Do you think that now knowing what he knows and what he's been put through, that when Trump returns to the White House, will he make qualitatively different decisions about the, the type of people to bring in to work around him? No, I, I absolutely believe that he will. I mean, he gave a great interview uh, this past weekend with uh, Maria Bartiromo. Maybe it was Monday. Uh, and uh, look, he acknowledged that he made mistakes, but let's recognize he didn't come from the world of politics. He came from the world of business. He actually honestly thought, not unreasonably, by the way, that the Republicans were with him, the Democrats would be against him, 
Reagan was an outsider, but the Republicans had rallied around Reagan. Trump, Trump thought the Republicans would loyally rally around them. He led them to unprecedented victories. Uh, and then uh, he really did not know that at least half of those in the Republican Party were trying to remove him from the moment he was elected. Uh, and uh, he took a, a lot of bad advice. Despite that, he already goes down in history as a transformative president. So, look, they tried to talk him out of canceling the Iranian uh, arms deal. They couldn't. They tried to talk him out of canceling our involvement in the uh, in the Paris Climate Accords. He still insisted on doing it. Uh, he achieved many great things despite, uh, you know, being unfamiliar with the system. Now, having been through put through the ringer on Russian collusion uh, and on the two uh, phony impeachments and watching what happened to me, what happened to General Flynn, what happened to Paul Manafort, uh, I, I think he's completely awake. I think you get a very different man, uh, and I think he has a different standard, both in terms of who he selects to appoint to high office, uh, and uh, I frankly think you're going to get, finally, not retribution, how about just equal protection of the law? If you're going to charge Roger Stone for lying to Congress, which I didn't do, well, then why don't you charge Hillary Clinton? Because she did lie to Congress. And so did James Comey, the FBI director. And so did the CIA director, John Brennan. One standard, not two standards of law. Now, in my case, I, I argue that I did nothing wrong. Those people, it's actually provable. They lied, and they lied about things that were material, that were relevant, that were significant. I did not. Well, right. Again, but this is the selective justice system. I think many of our viewers believe that our judicial system has collapsed. I mean, it's clear with the selective prosecution of, of Trump and you and others surrounding Trump. And I think that the American people are ready for Trump to be bold in his third term and with you know executive orders on day one. But to be bold in even firing the traitors in, let's say, the DOJ, the FBI, the NIH, whatever. I mean, it's Trump's power. He can fire the entire executive branch of government. He could fire 100,000 federal workers on day one if he wanted to. And whereas he wouldn't have had support for that in his first administration, I believe that now the American people are so fed up with the criminality of the federal government, the betrayal, the, the allowing of the invasion of America. I feel like the American people will support President Trump to be bold in his actions in his new term. I completely agree with that. And the good news is there is planning going on. This is he's not going to be starting from ground zero. Uh, there's an examination of his immediate options. I, I think we're at that very rare time in American history. There only been a few times when the future of the republic really relied on one man. It was certainly true in the case of George Washington. It was true in the case of Abraham Lincoln. And it's now true today in the case of Donald Trump. Is he perfect? No, he's not perfect. But he does have the big picture view. And above all, he has the courage uh, and the gumption and the determination to take these people on. Uh, it breaks his heart to see what's happening to America. He built us the most robust economy in our history. And then he was, he was basically euchred into destroying his own greatest accomplishment because of the claims of the doctors in the COVID-19 matter. He's not a doctor, so uh, they obviously didn't tell him the truth, and he was forced to destroy that which he was created. By the way, he brought the economy roaring back before he left because the fundamentals of less regulation and low taxes were still there. That's right. So um, I, I think you're going to have peace and prosperity uh, under Donald Trump. I really do think uh, he can solve the Russia-Ukrainian thing relatively quickly. It's great to watch uh, the left going absolutely insane because uh, my friend Tucker Carlson's uh, in Russia where he interviewed Vladimir Putin. Gee, when Mike Wallace, or maybe it was Chris Wallace, interviewed Vladimir Putin, uh, the left didn't go crazy. When Oliver Stone interviewed Vladimir Putin, that was perfectly all right. But, oh my God, Tucker Carlson's interviewing <laughs> Putin, uh, maybe we should never even let him back in the country. Actually, Bill Kristol the, who's largely responsible for the many deaths uh, in the Iraq war, former uh, chief of staff to vice president and war criminal Dick Cheney uh, said uh, yesterday that uh, Tucker Carlson shouldn't be allowed back in the country. I saw that. That's incredible. I mean, 
I, I can think of a lot of people we shouldn't let back into the country, but uh, Tucker Carlson isn't one of them. Um, <laughs> there's there's quite a few no, people we should catapult out. Practicing and engaging in journalism. How yes, dare? exactly. It's it's straight up journalism. But you can see how fragile the left's narrative is, uh, especially about Russia and about Putin, where they can't even allow one journalist to ask a single honest question and 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 hear Putin's response to America. You know, because uh, look, uh, let me, I'll just be straight up honest about uh, most Americans see Putin as making a whole lot more sense than Joe Biden. Well, and I think most Americans realize that Zelensky is a comic actor who was hired to act like the president. Uh, but there's unlimited number of interviews with him in the American media where he talks about Russia as the aggressor. But uh, very few people talk about the fact that what we're doing right now in Ukraine is in violation of the Budapest Memorandum, which we signed. We agreed when uh, when Russia agreed to unify West and East Germany, we in turn uh, agreed not to push Ukraine into NATO, which really means we agreed not to put offensive missiles pointed at Russia, paid for by us through NATO, uh, on the ground in Ukraine. This administration has pushed forward with that in violation of, a, of an agreement that we signed. Uh, and that is, that's Putin's concern. This idea that he wants to take Ukraine and then he's going to take Poland and then he'll take Germany and then he's going to take France. That's never said any of that. That's <laughs> yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. All right. So, Roger, what are your plans for, I mean, are you, and I apologize, I, I honestly don't know, are you going to help the Trump campaign, or are you advising? Do you have strategies to share with Trump? How are well, you going to help us take I America no back? I have no official capacity with the president's campaign, nor do I want one. I do enjoy his friendship, uh, and uh, he said many kind things about me uh, and my wife. Uh, as you know, my wife survived a, a, a virulent bout of cancer, uh, but through the healing power of Jesus Christ and because of the alternative therapies that she chose uh, to pursue, she's now two and a half years cancer-free. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you. Uh, but uh, the president, um, I've spent time with him. I'm in regular touch with him. Uh, he's got some excellent people working on his campaign. Uh, not all of them, but but the vast majority of them. His campaign leadership is superb. These are the people I would choose for him if, I, if it were up to me to choose. And of course, it isn't. But these are precisely the people that I would have chosen. They are loyal. They're efficient, they're wise, they're experienced. Uh, her, his campaign is very, very calibrated, very disciplined, and very carefully budgeted because he does have this drain, you know, for legal fees, which has to come out of uh, the various political committees. But he's running an excellent campaign. I, I can honestly say, as a veteran of 13 national presidential campaigns, going all the way back to Nixon, three campaigns with Reagan, my, my service to Bob Dole, my fervent service to, to, to Donald Trump. This is the best run presidential campaign I have seen. Uh, and it shows the results uh, in Iowa. He didn't just win. He won by three times the previous high watermark. <laughs> right. Uh, he didn't just. And New Hampshire, which was a setup, if there was any place uh, where he was going to be stopped, it was in New Hampshire where. While state law does say that registered independents can vote in the Republican primary, they can only do so when the New Hampshire Republican State Committee has approved resolution, uh, approved, uh, approved that. He's never taken to the Republican State Committee. So the Secretary of State allowed independents to vote in the primary, which, by the way, is traditional, but in the past was always approved by the Republican State Committee. Uh, and uh, independence uh, in New Hampshire, because of the influx of migrants from Massachusetts, they lean left, very far left. Uh, and then, of course, if you were a Democrat, if you change your registration to independent by October 6th, you would have been allowed to vote in the recent primary. Uh, Nikki Haley, who is just a pawn, she's a, a puppet being used by the Biden and the globalists to try to to damage Trump. She spent $38 million by my calculation. Trump spent about 18. She had the active uh, support of Governor Chris Sununu, one of the most vile rhinos I've ever come across. I had extensive dealings with his father. He was a pig-eyed liar as well, kind of runs in the family. Uh, they pulled out all the stops and Trump still beat them 
uh, by double digits because yes. he ran an excellent campaign. Uh, he's going to sweep the uh, the Nevada primary, which is today. He's going to sweep the Nevada delegate caucuses on Thursday. He's uh, Mickey Haley didn't even compete, uh, and Ron DeSantis' support kind of fell away. Uh, but more importantly, South Carolina, the home state of Nikki Haley, he's going to wallop her. He could beat her as big as two to one. Uh, it's notable that the governor of South Carolina, the lieutenant governor, the leaders of both houses of the legislature, the Republican leaders, a majority of the congressional delegation, uh, the Republicans, they all support Donald Trump over their own former governor, who all they all know well. It tells you a great deal. So why? Uh, why is Nikki Haley still even in the race? Because she's a pawn. I mean, she she's being used to try to damage Trump. So there's there's really two possibilities. One, you keep her in the race to continue to attack Trump to try to assist Joe Biden. And who knows? Maybe she gets a cabinet position out of Biden or whoever the ultimate Democrat is, because I'm not convinced it will be Biden. Uh, or secondarily, she thinks, I think incorrectly, that she can force her way onto the ticket, that Trump will say, well, the way to bind up the divisions uh, in the party is to take this neocon for vice president. If that were true, Mike, Donald Trump would need a food taster. She is completely duplicitous. She's just as dangerous as Lyndon Johnson. Uh, you could not turn your back on her for an episecond. Proof is in the pudding. She looked Donald Trump in the eye and she said, Mr. President, you are among our greatest presidents. If you run again, I'm not going to run. But today, she's running. That well, tells you everything you need to know. Her word is no good. And her worldview is the same as Lindsey ba Lindsey Graham. Bomb now, ask questions later. Well, yeah, but but of course, I think she came out of Boeing, another weapons manufacturer that, that stands to profit from all of this. And it seems like we're ruled by either big pharma or big weapons manufacturers most of the time. But... Trump supporters would not stand for Nikki Haley to be the VP candidate. Who do you think, Roger, is the most likely person to, to take the VP slot with Trump? Well, first of all, former President Richard Nixon once told me that in selecting a vice presidential running mate, don't look for somebody who can help you. Try to select someone who doesn't hurt you. And while that may be somewhat cynical, it's actually pretty good advice. Trump needs someone who, first and foremost, has the experience, the qualifications, the temperament, and the judgment to be president. They also have to have a commitment to the America first anti-globalist agenda. Those are the highest requirements. Now let's look at the politics of it. You need someone uh, who doesn't upset your base of supporters, uh, but allows you to reach out uh, to a voter group where you can make gains. So by definition, that could be an African-American or it could be a, somebody is Hispanic or it could be someone who is a woman. Uh, I think he's got a lot of great choices. He's the greatest showman of all time. He understands that this is a matter of great public interest. He's going to tease it right up until the moment he's made a decision. Today, I don't honestly think he's made a decision or if he has, it's a tentative decision since he shared it with no one. He has the capability of changing his mind. Uh, but I think he needs to pick someone who's anti-war, who wants to seal the border uh, without any question, uh, someone who, who will put America first, doesn't want to send billions more to Ukraine to be stolen uh, or wasted. Uh, I mean, what's going on in this country is really insane. We we see New York two New York City police officers get the daylights beat out of them by a group of illegal migrants, and then the district attorney doesn't ask for incarceration uh, they're granted uh, or any bond. They're basically just released on their own recognizance. Of course, they split. Yes. That, that's outrageous. Absolutely. Yet, that same district attorney uh, trying to prosecute somebody for selling fake vaccination cards. Unbelievable. Uh, right. In Washington state, we're now going to give $1,000 to every illegal on a monthly basis, taking that money out of <laughs> COVID-19 funding. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, a, a UBI for illegals. Yeah. Uh, in New York City, the mayor has just approved a program for $53 million for preloaded credit cards, which we're going to give to illegals in the shelters in New York City. Meanwhile, we have homeless veterans who are hungry in New York City. That's right. Who's taking care of them? That's Americans, right. who's taking care of them?
No, no. The, the, the American people have been abandoned by the administration and our replacements have arrived. This is a replacement of America. That's that's the aim of the Democrats. So let me let me ask you this. We're almost out of time, Roger. But in your assessment, based on what you know right now, if we were to have an honest election, and I know that's not possible because the Democrats will cheat every chance they get. But theoretically, if it were an honest election, by how much would Trump win in this coming uh, I election? He, I think he would win the popular vote uh, nationally uh, comfortably. I think he would. Uh, this is today. Let's recognize that in politics, uh, polls are a, a measure of a snapshot of time. It's the epicycle of time, and things can change dramatically. So, and they know that. So, if you have some staged terrorist attack on American soil, that could royal thing and change things. But if this election were held today, in this moment, Trump would win every swing state by a margin slightly larger than the uh, margin of error in all of these polls. Uh, and he would sweep the popular vote as well. The bottom has dropped out for the Democrats. There is no support. The fact that they had the South Carolina primary yesterday, and while Joe Biden got 97% of the vote, the overall turnout was extraordinarily anemic. Nobody showed up to vote because there is no enthusiasm for the Biden candidacy. So as of today, if we have a free, fair, honest, transparent election, Trump would win comfortably. Now, are we going to have such an election? That remains to be seen. This time, however, the Republicans, or I should say Trump, uh, will be far more prepared both legally and technically uh, to ferret out uh, irregularities and anomalies on election night. They're, they're not going to get away with locking Republican observers out of the polling places and dumping a bunch of fake ballots like they did in Michigan. But how? But Roger, I'm sorry, to not, Roger, but how? How are they not going to get away with that? It's very simple. You go directly to a judge and you get an order to make them open the doors. And then you also have to stymie the police. The Detroit police were being used as thugs that night. By the way, you got the former Detroit chief of police. Police running for governor's Republican. You were the chief of police that night. What's your answer? And he says, well, I was off duty that night. Please give me a break. Please give me a break. Okay. Well, Roger, uh, your analysis is just extraordinary. Your experience with so many campaigns and, and so many national leaders, really, uh, you, you have a wealth of knowledge about this. And I really appreciate your insight and also your passion and courage for America. So I just want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, I'm delighted to be here. And again, folks can go to stonezone.com and check out everything I'm up to. Uh, you know, they say in politics, a man uh, is uh, not finished when he's defeated. He's only finished when he quits. And I can assure you, Mike, <laughs> in the struggle for America, I, among others, will never quit. Roger.